For International Women's Day 2021, we have a great guest in Fiona Flynn. Fiona is co-president of the Professional Women's Network and has a very surprising story in honour of the day. Fiona also runs Montauk Consulting and works mentoring business leaders to deliver a thriving leadership climate and deliver on sustainable business results. She is also an emotional intelligence coach and works especially empowering female talent. As you might expect, Fiona has great insights into the power of female values in leadership, but also getting the most out of the overall business team, whether male or female. This is a great podcast and has something for everybody who wants to get the most out of their organization. This podcast is sponsored by Netzer, Digital First Selling. During these times of COVID and falling telco sales, Digital First Selling is the answer to new customer acquisition, increasing revenues, and cost reduction. If you are a telco, an MVNO, or an eSIM provider, we have the ideal Digital First Selling as a Service solution for you. The Netzer Digital First Selling solution enables you to sell and onboard remotely. You will integrate with your BSS and OSS systems and with Salesforce, and we meet all regulatory requirements. Contact pat.flynn at netzer.com so that we can understand your issues and provide you with the best solution. Welcome to a very special podcast this week. And in honor of International Women's Day, I'm delighted to have a very accomplished uh, woman, Fiona Flynn who has a really interesting background, but also has a very interesting story that you'd like to relay to us uh, in honor of International Women's Day, and you'll understand in a minute. So first of all, Fiona is has a background in, in coaching, mentoring, and helping people develop, and we'll get on to that later. But first of all, Fiona, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Pat. Lovely to be part of this. No, 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 thanks. I'm, I'm thrilled to have you here, particularly as it's International Women's Day, as I mentioned. You are co-president of the Professional Women's Network. Could, could you talk a little bit about that, please? Yeah, the Professional Women's Network, Pat, is a volunteer-led organisation, um, and it's in over 30 cities all around the world. Uh, it was founded uh, over 15 years ago in Paris, and its whole remit is around gender-balanced leadership, so supporting women in advancing their career uh, and working with men to achieve that. So it's certainly not a female-only network. It's a <laughs> very inclusive network, and important to say that. <laughs> but... Interesting thing, Fiona, is you talked to probably one of the most prominent women in the world yesterday. Maybe you could say who that was. Yes, I had the honour of speaking with Mrs. Mary Robinson, who was the first female president of Ireland back in 1990. And it was an absolute honour to, to have the opportunity to speak with her and for her to share her insights with people from over 38 countries were on the session yesterday. Wow. And she went on to be... High Commissioner for Human Rights in the UN, subsequent to that, right? That's right. She did indeed, yeah. Uh, she was, as, as I said yesterday, after her seven years, she was poached by Kofi Annan to become the <laughs> UN High Commissioner. And that was incredible, that, that move from domestic role to a global role and how intense it was, as you can appreciate some of the situations that she had to deal with. And then she went on 
to do a huge amount of work in terms of, of climate uh, change and climate justice is a term that she used yesterday. Right. So, I mean, that's tremendously exciting and really, I'm sure you really found it amazing. Like, let me ask you a sort of nitty gritty question. How did you find her? I mean, what, what sort of person do you think she is? It's interesting. She's probably, I suppose we all put her up on a pedestal as someone that's kind of way out there. And one thing that really struck me was that we, when we started planning this event back in January, we had a, a planning session with 18 other cities that we were all collaborating on this event and mm-hmm. we kind of said okay let, let's reach for the stars let's make a list of people we would love let's be brave it was probably that post Christmas high you know as we're all being locked up and obviously I wanted to fly the Irish flag and Mary Robinson was was one of the first on the list and you're kind of like where do you start do you know what I mean <laughs> and reached out and Mr Google and uh, you know identified a potential contact for contacting her and just drafted a really nice authentic note about who we were what we were trying to achieve achieve and sent it off and surprisingly she came back within a week or two and that to be honest that created a huge amount of momentum for getting other speakers yeah uh, it's like everything success breeds success and yeah, when people yeah. realize the caliber and um, we got some amazing speakers but very very honored to have mrs robinson and interestingly she's also doing a podcast now with the comedian Maeve higgins so that oh, was a, a surprise <laughs> um, and i think there's that you know the comedian the and the serious um, yeah comic, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, Maeve Higgins is quite a clever woman, though. I mean, yeah. she's, she's a, uh, not to take away from her. And yeah. how many people listened to the interview? Yeah, there was over six people, as I said, from uh, 38 different countries, um, you know, 90 different nationalities. Wow. So we were very, very, and like, I'm here in my log cabin at the back of my garden in <laughs> me. So you're kind of, you know, one of the positives of the pandemic is we can do things we never thought were possible before. Yeah, no, that's that's amazing, and what a guest! And I mean, it would subsequently it would be a, a, a really good way to mark that event. Was there any lessons that came out of any thoughts that came out of your interview with Mary? Yeah, well, in terms of one of my specific questions was was around COVID and what we should be learning from COVID. A bit like we had the banking crisis before, and we needed to learn some lessons. And obviously, interesting with her insight to get the the background to that. So she had four key lessons. One is collective human behavior really matters. So so how each of us together. So we've seen that. You know, when we've had the lockdown, when we all unite in terms of our behaviors, we can make that impact in reducing numbers. Government matters, and in particular, this sense of masculine and feminine. Um, so, so that sense of, you know, that the female energy, female-led governments are are making a massive difference. Mm-hmm. And and she also made the point that you don't have to be female to have female type energies. Like Barack Obama was an example that she gave. But that sense of, you know, collaboration, yeah. connection, really working together to get the right. And the third one was very much around science. We need to listen to the scientists. Like for years, we didn't really. And how scientists have have become the new leaders in this pandemic. And then the fourth one was compassion matters. She referenced Mehel, the wonderful Irish phrase. And also she referenced, and and we've seen it in Ireland. You know what I mean? We're, We're part of a GAA community, as many people are, um, mm-hmm. how, you know, how the Gardaí, the Postmen, the GAA, different clubs have really reached out to help yeah. others who are less fortunate. So four very different things, Pat, but interconnected. Um, and they were big takeaways for me from the session. OK, and maybe explain what metal is for people who aren't from Ireland. 
that collective Irish spirit of us, the community and um, that we all, you know, gather together and, and just support each other that, you know, there's a beautiful Irish I suppose a beautiful Irish way that when something bad happens in a community, the whole community gathers together and just supports the people in need. She actually referenced a similar trait in Africa with some of the tribes in Africa. And now forgive me, I've forgotten the the actual name she used, but a similar scenario and that we kind of come together to really support each other. Okay, no, it's brilliant. Look, so you mentioned female energy there and you're a female leader, obviously, but that sort of doesn't really state what you do. You, you work with organizations and you help them change and build culture. That's a big, a big ask. Being a woman, what do you bring to leadership and what do you bring to helping leaders develop themselves in their organization? Yeah, the, a big question indeed. So <laughs> I, I, I suppose there's two things. One is I have a huge passion in terms of business, in terms of business succeeding. And my own background was very much in sales and marketing before the coaching. So huge passion in terms of business growing sustainably. I also have a huge passion in terms of people and creating a climate, as we would talk about, you know, how it feels to work in an organization. If you create the right organization and the right climate where, where people feel they're thriving, mm-hmm. uh, you're more likely to get long-term sustainable results. And we're definitely seeing a huge shift in organizations from that very traditional command and control type leadership to one that's a lot more open, encouraging collaboration, a strong focus on trust and a really strong focus on, you know, people being empowered to come up with the answers themselves and and to be able to solve problems themselves and to work with each other. Mm. And so my biggest thing really is that we really use, you know, our emotional intelligence. What's our understanding of ourselves, how we interconnect with others and bringing more of that human dynamic into organizations. Some have it really well, some have it. And maybe it's just not that we need to change it. We just need to unlock it because sometimes we have a view that we have to manage in a certain way in order to deliver results. And that's not necessarily always the case. Yeah, no, that's a really interesting point, Fiona. So clearly I come from an engineering background, a technology background, and you know, just by nature, my network, it's mostly men I know. Um, and I would love to have more women. And actually, and when any women listen to this who want to come on the podcast, please contact me. But there definitely, in my experience, there definitely is macho organizations and what you might call more female value-led organizations. And in some ways, I felt the macho organizations are very efficient at doing one thing. I'll say one thing, right? Maybe that's but like they're set on a course and it's come hell or high water. That's where they're going to go. And it doesn't matter what the cost is, shall we say. And, and then there's more compassionate organizations. And maybe this is this is maybe my view of reflecting back to you. What I think you're saying is where there, there's a greater consideration for people, um, the people in, in their full in their round and so on. And it, it gets a, a level of commitment and engagement from people that you don't get in the you know, you're on board or you're off board type of organization. Is is that something, is that what you're, you're attempting to do? 
Very much so. And it always it comes back to diversity and inclusion as well, Pat, and not just diversity of, of gender, but, but taking different opinions, different viewpoints. And there's a huge linkage between this type of thinking and business results. For example, in terms of risk, when you have that balance in the room or that lone voice that might say what we're about to do here is either unethical or highly risk. And we've all seen lots of practical examples where there's groupthink or no diversity or no difference of opinion has been taken on board. And also in terms of profits, in terms of customer value, shareholder value, there's so many studies that show where there's that diversity and an inclusion and, you know, that different ideas matter, different ideas count, everybody's voice is heard and and just taking everything uh, very much in the round um, Mm. and, and not just having one perspective. It's really having that balance. It must be very difficult for you to come to an organization. Now, clearly, I guess maybe the... CEO or somebody contact you and say, you know, Fiona, come on down, let's have a talk. I mean, I'd like to hear a bit more about this. But, you know, it requires a lot of that people trust you, that you know what you're doing. I mean, how do you do it? Is it a methodology? Is it relationships? Uh, you know, what, what do, how do you normally approach uh, if someone asks to help for help with their organization? Yeah, um, and it's a combination of both, really. So, um, an awful lot of listening at the beginning, Pat, like really understanding the person, understanding their business, really trying to figure out what they're trying to achieve. So a relationship would be key. Typically, people would reach out because they've either they either know me through something else I've done or they've had a recommendation uh, and also being aware that you know, one size doesn't fit all. You you mightn't be the right person. Um, I find also it's a values base that you have a certain mindset and a values and a way in approaching things that, you know, people can can be attracted to you because of that. Um, so very much the listening and then typically a diagnostics approach. So we would then do either a survey or of one to one meetings with with people on the team Mm-hmm. to get their view of the world and that comes up with shaping uh, some you know a, a scope of a program uh, and typically the program would require some one-to-one development so we might use some specific tools like an emotional intelligence profile which gives very tangible data for people in terms of their own individual self-development uh, we always see this as development it's supporting people to move to the next level So it's not what's broken and fixing, it's supporting them to get to the next level. Mm -hmm. And then typically there would be a series of workshops where people would come together uh, and work through the content or some dialogue, depending on what what the area Mm -hmm. was, Um, and then potentially some coaching thereafter. So there's there's always a process um, which starts out very much on the diagnostics. Yeah, I mean, how do you measure the results? I mean, I, I'm like, I, this sort of is a typical business question. Yeah, the profit yeah. went up two percent. Yeah, yeah. So that that's a result, but yeah. I don't, I don't think that's what I think that's a, a consequence of what you do. At, yeah. Further down the line, how do you know you're being effective in the middle of this process? Yeah, I think there's a, I think clarity at the beginning in terms of the specific goals and objectives, what might be. So I'm taking up a case in point where there was an organization, very traditional, very hierarchical, to the extent that if people were in a meeting, that nobody would talk if there was someone more senior in the meeting. um, And, you know, it it was all done in hierarchy. And there was a huge level of stress at the senior management level because everything had to be deferred up and it was quite command and control. So one of the things they specifically wanted to work on was to ensure people were more 
more empowered, you know, to give people the ability to solve problems, to deal with situations, to have their voice heard. And a couple of things were measured there. One was um, the level of promotion. So people putting their hands up to moves. And there was a remarkable increase in terms of people actually putting their hand up. And there was a female, male um, angle on that as well. And then also in terms of um, some of the projects where 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 people managers further down the line as such were allowed to lead projects um, and and actually case in point that work just finished probably pre-covid mm-hmm. and one of the comments made by the ceo was weren't we so lucky we invested and finished that work because during covid during that crisis when we were all panicking and um, that feeling of Everybody was, it was like a a theme of teams that managers felt more empowered to be able to deal with the situation as opposed to maybe freezing in fear. So another metric there was just how the business was able to transition to online and continue. So that's probably a very practical example. No, that's a brilliant example. Could I ask you maybe for a male in an organisation and for a female in an organisation, is there one thing that you would suggest to people to think about I mean, there's no, obviously you can't ask, you can't give a silver bullet to people, but is there one thought that you'd like to live with males and with females? I think listening, building trust and listening and acting on what people say, probably for both, specifically for females, because I've, I, I've lived through it myself and I've seen it and, you know, through others that I coach and through the messaging that came yesterday. Never be afraid to put your hand up. You know, do not sit back and think I'm going to be recognized or I'm going to be offered that job as I work really hard. One specific action females need to do is really put their hand up and make it known there's an area they may want to move into. Because I've heard that time and time again when people are like, but we didn't know you wanted that position. And then they're disappointed that they weren't. Uh, So I think the power of listening can't be underestimated in terms of building trust and getting people to connect with you and really understanding what's going on for people. Okay, well, oh, that's brilliant, Fiona. I um, really appreciate having you on, but um, how would people contact you and uh, if they want to talk to you about their companies? Yeah, so I'm on LinkedIn, Fiona Flynn on LinkedIn. Um, my company is Montauk Consulting. So www.montaukconsult.com is where you, you'll, um, you'll see us on, on the web. Okay, and also, as we said earlier, you're co-president of the Professional Women's Network and people can contact you there for if they want to join the network. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. No, that's brilliant. And you've been a brilliant guest and really fascinating story. Now, on this podcast, you we asked the guest to nominate a song to play out on. So what have you got for us? Interestingly, after yesterday, I was reflecting and the one I picked is Don't Stop Believing by Journeyman. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> Not hiding my age or anything. <laughs> That's okay, yeah, listen, it's it's uh, we're, we're all hiding our age. <laughs> well, thanks, yeah, that was brilliant. Uh, thanks, thanks Pat.
A singer in a smoky room A smell of wine and cheap perfume For a smile they can share 